Welcome to the first ever Rolski exclusive Twisted Tuesday edition of the Sip and Serve podcast where we sip what's cold and serve what's hot. My name is Clay Roll, aka Rolski, and I'm the host of the Sip and Serve podcast. Everybody hang with me tonight. I'm a little nervous. I'm by myself, but I'm not exactly by myself. I have a very, very special guest with me tonight. He is one of my best friends. We've been through a lot together. Without further ado, I'm going to introduce him as Rick. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me. I'm kind of nervous, man. I'll be <laughs> honest. You know what? You know what? You're not the only one. You know, we got this new thing going on Tuesdays, and uh, I'm a little nervous as well, but we'll get through it. I feel like I'm about to close a car deal. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you talk for a living, so hell, you'll probably be great at this. I'll see, I guess. Ah, you will. So, Rick, one of the main reasons that I brought you on here for the first time on this exclusive podcast, our first ever Twisted Tuesday edition, you're a big deer hunter. Oh, yeah. You're a real big deer hunter, and the deer season is basically officially underway here in Ohio. Yeah, but- I, I mean, I hurt my elbow riding dirt bikes in the backyard, so I'm not real pumped on the start. <laughs> so, But, yeah, it's, it's right around the corner, man. So you wrecked your dirt bike in the backyard, yeah. and now you can't shoot your bow. Well, you know, progress today. So today is the second time that I've tried to draw my bow back. I shoot a compound bow, so that or you've heard it called a vertical bow. Uh, today was the first time I was successful since I hurt my elbow at drawing my bow back. So yeah. did you hit the target? Oh, no, no, no. I didn't shoot any arrows. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so I was just like, you know, down in the basement, draw back a couple times. It hurt like hell. <laughs> Does the doctor know you were drawing back your bow? No, no. Actually, I see him Friday, so uh, I'm not going to tell him. But, yeah, he doesn't know. You're not going to tell him. Okay. No, well, that's him. probably smart. Anyhow, so Rick is one of the biggest deer hunters around here that I know and one of my best friends. So I, I figured he would be the best one to have on this podcast. We're going to talk nothing but deer hunting on this podcast today. So, Rick, tell me, what – all preparations have you went through in the off season to be prepared for this upcoming season? So just this year? Yeah, I mean, tell us what you've been doing. Uh, the normal stuff, man. I mean, uh, uh, see, three years ago, uh, out on Grandma's farm, um, you know, I started that clover plot that was up on the hill by the pond levee, and uh, I've only killed one buck out of there. Uh, it's a pretty good buck. I mean, decent buck. Um, but you know, so so the clover plots, those are those are like key. I feel like those are key around the farm. Um, but man, the one big thing that I mean, you could either hate it or you love it, but it works is corn piles. Yeah, I or mean, or bait or whatever I mean, mineral. You know, that stuff works, man. It's worked time and time again. I mean, how many deer, how many how many big deer, you know, have we been after just off of uh, corn pile pictures? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, that's all I ever use. And when you first started that plot up there, me and you were both pretty pumped up about it. But we we really we really didn't have much luck off the food plot. Well, no. If you remember the very very first year that we ever did anything up there, it was uh, I think we planted uh, turnips, and those things grew like shit. Yeah. I mean, it was bad. So uh, that's like a late season type deal where the clover is more like a uh late summer early season bow hunting plot you know that stuff really works good early season uh but it's, it also like sustains itself throughout the winter so clover is like 
just a win-win in my opinion. Turnips sucked on my farm. I didn't have any luck with them first year. Um, and really, I think, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but because um, Clay, I mean, you, you've hunted on my grandma's farm for years. I mean, probably since I started back in, I started hunting when I was 18, so probably 2009. Yeah. It's about when I started hunting. Okay. Yeah, it's a, uh, ah, man, hunting is just, it's a, it's a, for me, like, you know, we all played sports and stuff in high school. So like for me, I wouldn't even call it like a pastime. It's like a, it's, it's more of like a competition or a hobby now for me. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's go back to the, before we get into the hobby part of things, let's get back to that stand location that you talked about. Okay. Me and Rick here, we've been hunting out of this same, same location for heck, man. I don't know. Probably the last eight years, probably. Yeah. It's been up there a while. Yeah. Um, can you explain to him, you know more about than I do. Yeah. So like, the the farm that we hunt it's it's flat as flat can be like there's no hills uh very little wooded area um i think uh on my grandma's i think i don't know how many acres she has i think it's 120 some but there's like total of like six acres of woods i think that she owns um so what we have and what we're hunting it's it's a unique beast in itself it's it's a lot of uh crp or crep ground a lot of that um and it's super flat a uh, bunch of crops uh corn and soybeans surrounded by corn and soybeans on both sides yeah it's all beans this year by the way nice nice that's what i want to hear so and then the the where our stand actually is is unique in itself because mm -hmm. it's up on a pond levy yeah it's like it's like kind of in the the center of the farm which i think makes it super hard to get in and out of without bumping deer how many times have we jumped deer all the i mean it's 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 hunt. hard not to yeah yeah and uh, you know it's in the center of the farm it's the only pond on the farm um and we finally got some stuff some clover to grow up there uh the tree the tree it's in is sweet though you gotta say oh yeah i mean it's unlike any other trees tree stand that i've ever been in or setup that i've ever been in it's huge it's it, an unreal tree and honestly we're only probably uh probably nine feet off the ground yeah, really it, it kinda, but but we're hidden like they have no idea we're there how yeah. many times we're kind of in the open but they just don't realize that we're there. Like, no, no, they, they don't. I think a lot of it has to do like when you're picking out for me. Like when I'm looking at uh, a spot to put a put a stand in. First off, what am I? You know, my, what time of year am I going to be hunting that stand? You know, if this is a if this is a rut stand, you know, more than likely I'm going to look for something that um, I'm not going to be as concerned about about cover in the tree itself, like leaves and foliage and stuff, because those deer i mean during the rut during that seven to ten days or whatever it may be they don't they're not you know they're making a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. they're not looking for you so you know if it's a if it's a all season or a spot that you think you're going to spend a lot of time in early season man the earlier you can get in there and set that stand the better because the backdrop to oh, your yeah. stand yep dude that's that's key yeah Key. And behind us, like I said, we're we're basically up on a pond levee. So behind this tree, behind this tree that we got our stand up in, is basically like a ten foot drop off, kind of like hill, and then it goes straight into a bunch of brush. Like, yeah, awesome bedding area for these deer to be in. The only thing that scares me, and I mean, we've talked about it in the past, we're awfully close to it, you know. Yeah, super close. Like, um, I can remember I was hunting that stand. Uh, I think it was two or three years ago. Two years ago. Um, so the year that I shot that, that the first buck that I shot off the food plot up there. Yeah, if you remember that you came out and helped. Yeah, me that was during uh, that was during early rut. 
Yeah, there Pretty was rough. like a, there was a buck that was literally bedded. I mean, I was climbing up in the tree stand. And I jumped him, and I seen him, and it was it was a it was a toad. You know, it was a big buck. So we've had. I'm sure that there's been other instances too where like we've jumped deer that we haven't seen because it is so thick in there. Originally, that was supposed to be like all just CRP, right? Yeah. So that's it's still in the CREP program, um, which you know is probably going. There's probably going to be a change made to that little section there just because it's so grown up with like. Uh, like some black locust trees. It's just nasty, man. You can't even walk through it right now. Yeah. Well, honestly, we really don't need to walk through it. I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of good for us to hunt hunt out of. I mean, honestly, I mean, they're behind us. We're in front. They're coming out. They have no idea we're there. I mean, it's so thick they can't see us. No. I mean, it's so tall and thick. I mean, yeah. It's uh. And, and were you there the day that we set that stand up? Were you up there with us? There was a couple people up no, there. No, I was not there. You know, Dad was up there. <laughs> I got Dad off the couch. He came and helped me. Actually, you know what? You were there. I was there because we had the tractor back there with the bucket. Yeah, I remember we thought he was going to like slide over the hill. Yep, yep, I remember <laughs> that. All right, so that's that's one of that's one of our stand locations. That's the one that uh, Colin's nice enough and his family's nice enough to let me hunt out of. But you also hunt a different property. Yeah, so it's just an adjacent property, and like my house now, my house uh, sits in between the two. Yeah, so it's super cool because like especially this year since it's all in beans, like my son is for cash like we just got there with our binoculars every evening when the uh the beans were still green and like we glassed you know just glass the fields and you could see forever because it's so flat so uh so the adjacent property basically how it's set up um and i had some good success there last year which we'll talk about i'm sure yep because that was like awesome but um it's just a big ditch man i mean it's a big hairy ditch like there's really no one spot that you can get into clean and just go in there and, and set a stand and bow hunt. There's like one or two spots. I've been through the whole thing. Um, but a lot of our deer that we get on my grandma's farm come from that property. So, and it's cool because like when we're running cameras, like, you know, now that we have the technology with cell cameras, we can kind of uh, use that to our advantage. Like I'll get a picture on the adjacent property of the buck we're hunting and then he's over at, at grandma's at X time. So we can kind of, you know, get his pattern. It's down. easier to pattern yeah. with the, them cameras. Uh, but I do like that property. And I actually, uh, I hunted it as a kid. So this farm has been, my grandma and grandpa own this farm. I mean, it's, it's not a big farm. I mean, it's really not. Yeah. It's especially for as far as like deer and, and wildlife. I mean, uh, there's not a whole lot on it, but I mean, they've, they've, it's been in my family since I was a little kid. Okay. And uh, I can remember, all those ditches out there. So there's a bunch of waterways, like big waterways out there, uh, which is now all in CRP, but that actually all used to be trees. Can you imagine? If that was, oh man, that would have been great. If those were still trees. Oh man. <laughs> 100%, man. If my dad listens to this, he's going to laugh because he's like all oh, Mr. CRP. Like, yeah. And it's cool. You know, it's it's a good program, but um, man, if that was all trees, bro, we, we'd be in it. We'd be in it to win it, wouldn't we? Shit. All right, so I appreciate you telling me about the two stand locations. Now let's get into you talked about you talked about how big of a deal these cameras are for you patterning the deer. Yeah, so huge. What cameras are you using this year? So I am using the uh, the Spartan Go cams. So I've used a couple different ones. Uh, what was the covert? We used covert. So those, that was our first uh, cell cam kind of. Yeah, we really didn't have a good experience with the covert. No, I mean I mean they were okay. Yeah. They were good. I'm they not took going great dog pictures. Them. They yeah. took great pictures. I'm not going to dog them. We yeah. just had trouble with the signal and the battery staying. Yeah, so I bought 
like when I originally, originally I think I bought two of them, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, expensive as hell, but I bought two of them and uh, I bought solar panels to go with each one. And, you know, it worked really, really well in the summertime and like when we were getting a lot of sun and, you know, uh, the sun was out longer. But as, as soon as it started, like we started losing daylight earlier, they struggled. Yeah. I mean, they, and they ate batteries like, like no God, other, like nobody's business. Man. And they also came with them solar panels. Yeah. And them things didn't work worth a shit, in my no. opinion. They really did. No, I don't think we knew how to set them up. The f- fucking coons and shit would yeah. just, they would climb, the, climb yeah, up they're, on the things. They're knocking them. them over. I mean, it was just a mess. But anyhow, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say the cameras that we used last year, those are the same ones you're using this Spartans, year. Spartans, yeah. Spartans. Unbelievable. Yeah, I love them. Unbelievable. I love them. I've got four of them now. I just keep adding on to it. And like how it basically works with these cell cameras um you purchase the camera and you can get the the spartan go cams on amazon that's where i buy them uh for 300 bucks i do want to say though uh the guys down there at buckeye archery supply they do keep them in stock shout uh, out to the local bow shop yeah those got the cody and, the, and bill and those guys those guys are awesome i can't i mean i bought so many bows down there but uh, they do have them in stock but anyway you can get them uh, right around 300 bucks on amazon that's where i bought mine and kind of how it goes is uh you buy the camera it comes with a sim card in the box Okay, they have AT&T and uh, Verizon. So I've had better luck with the uh, the Verizon cameras. I mean, I, I've got both. One, I've got one AT&T camera, and I've had more more issues. Not issues, just like, um, I don't know. That seemed like I get better signal with the Verizon camera at my farm, and that could change, man, for anybody. But yeah. um, the Spartan Go Cam, that's just that's what it's at. I mean, you wake up in the morning, and you just got – this uh-huh. app, you download this app on your phone, and then you just have so many notifications from that app that says picture taken here, picture taken here, the time, the date. Yeah. And then you wake up in the morning, and you j- can just see what you had that night. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, so you can, uh, like, and the coolest thing I think about them is you can go into the settings on these cameras, and, like, say you just want your pictures to come to you uh, right when you wake up to go to work. So you can actually set a time uh, where the camera just sends you all the pictures it took that night at, at that, 7 a.m. at 7 a.m. So that's cool. Like I think for for like summertime, um, and you can switch it anytime you want. So that's really cool for summertime that way because it doesn't use as much battery versus if you're sending the pictures to your to Every your app time. live. Yeah. So you download the app, and what's cool is like I download downloaded the app. I got the app on my phone, and I basically just give you the. Um, the sign in, yeah. the sign in information, the password and stuff, and you can get on there and view the pictures as well. And yep. it's unlimited for amount of users, so that's cool too, man. I really like that. Feature. I also like how you can ch- you you were talking about changing the settings, and you can change it. You know the burst, the burst speed of the camera. Yeah, like the, if you want to go to three, you know, a three picture burst. Yep. Which I think I think that's what I got mine set on right now. So how that works, which is pretty cool. Um, so you still have a SIM card in your camera. And you want to be sure and get the, um, I think, 64 gigabyte, the expensive ones, man. Go ahead and just purchase them because that's what you need. Because um, you're going to, the, the whole idea of a cell camera um, is that you're not going out there all the time to pull the card. So, like, when, before cell cameras, you know, I was bad about it. I'd go out there a lot. You'd always get pissed. Oh, I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it, I, I mean, it's none of my business. I mean, it's, it's your property. But the thing is, your your son, yeah, he just loves it. Oh, dude, which wait. which I know. So I'm I'm 100 okay with it because he loves doing it. As long as he's happy, you're happy. Everybody's happy. 
Yeah, I absolutely. Mean, I mean, like today, this evening, right before I came over here, actually, um, I've been out of corn now for like, uh, I don't know, four days. And we went and like replenished all the corn. And uh, man, you know, I just bought that new side by side. Damn, somebody's ripping, ripping road, ass man. on a Harley outside. Son Damn. of a bitch. Calm down. Tell your neighbor to calm his ass down. Shit. But anyway, it, it's fun because like he's he's at the age now where he's really enjoying getting out there. Just bought that new side by side, and it is just so so nice just to be able to go out there and just spend some time with him, just like me and him. Sometimes Taylor will hop in and go, which is cool. Um, but with the baby and stuff, like she mostly stays in with her. So I've been telling you for years, you need to get a side by side. Yeah, well, I finally uh, I, I, the broken elbow. I think kind of convinced me to get a side by side, and you love it. Oh. It's badass, dude. 100%. 2021 T-Rex, four-seater, super sharp, by the way. Buckeyes colors, I should say. Yeah, I guess they are, <laughs> but it's still sharp. So anyhow, we talked about we talked about your cameras. We talked about stand location. We talked about your preparation with the food plots, the corn. Now, do you – I know you've done both in the past, and I've done both in the past. What's your favorite? Would you rather be up in the air or on the ground in a blind? Well, man, it really depends. So it depends on, uh, like, our farm. Dude, there's not very many trees. Right. So, you know, the, the, the stands that we have, or the trees that we have stands in, are like, that's, like, the, the only ones that we really have. Yeah. Okay? Um, as far as, like, where we think we're going to be most successful, shooting a deer. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get a drink of beer here. Yeah, go ahead. Chug that bush lot. But yeah, I know what you're saying. I mean, we've tried several different stand locations on the property and we haven't had much luck. Yeah. So like, for instance, I just set a camera up today and uh, it's in a CRP field. So there isn't any trees. Okay. So that's where like the buck I'm hunting this year, like I call him Beamer because that's what Cash called him. Okay. looks a lot like the buck I killed last year. I can't, there's nowhere to put a tree stand. So that is when... Uh, a ground blind man they can be so deadly so you're saying the C- crp grass is that where we got the hay bale blind at are you nope. got the hay bale blind no, no so this is actually on uh killer's uh 90 acre piece oh, okay across the that road my, that dad maintains for him okay yep gotcha yeah. so uh dad basically cut like a uh i mean this grass is tall man it's like cornfield tall so dad basically cut like uh i don't know probably like 50 yards wide all the way down through the field opening so I didn't know that until today. Like Cash and I were just, I was like, I want to get one more of these Spartans out because the buck that I'm hunting, I I wasn't getting, I haven't been getting pictures of him for like three weeks. I was getting him every day, and uh, so I was like, man, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta try to find this buck. So the only thing I could think was that he's just bedding um, over in that CRP field. The beans have started to turn yellow. You know, I uh, know the they don't eat them when they're yellow. Yeah, when they turn, they move. Yeah, and that's, it's right that's at our the worst time. of luck. It's right at the time that they start shedding their velvet, and it just seems like every time, man, they they just stop eating them. I don't know what, if they're just not as palatable to them. I don't know, but they go to corn. There's a corn field over there, and uh, you know, it's a huge CRP field, so I'm going to pop a blind up in there here real soon, probably the next couple of days, actually, and uh, brush it in real good. And, you know, hopefully I get a picture. I'll send you a picture tonight. You can look at a picture. So have, have you got him over there? I haven't, but I I have some pretty good intel. Okay, good deal. <laughs> so dad actually seen him. Okay, yeah, while he was bush hogging, so he jumped him up out of there. So, so Beamer's your target buck. I was getting ready yeah. to ask you. So did you answer the question? Stand or blind? Just depends, right? Just depends. I and you know I did the filming thing. Yeah, like, 
that's really cool. So that adds a whole nother twist to hunting. Like if you're filming and you're yourself filming, it's super hard to do in a tree stand because you got a lot of movement involved. You know, you got a lot of movement. And uh, once these bucks kind of figure out that something's not right or, you know, especially mature deer, like he's not going to stick around. Yeah. So I think if you're filming, no doubt, ground blind all day, all day long, you know, because you're just more concealed. Yeah. Um, but there's just a lot to be said about being up in a tree. It's, I, I think it's an easy choice for me. If I yeah. can get in a tree stand, I'm getting in a tree stand 100%. Yeah. Because I just like being able to see my surroundings. Like if I hear something, I just like to be able to turn my neck and be able to. Yeah, that's a good point too. I like to be able to see everything. When yeah, I'm in no. a ground blind, I hear something crackling, you know, behind me. <laughs> yeah. And I have no idea what the hell it is. It just, I mean, it just frustrates me. Like, is that a deer? Is that a deer? Yeah. But if you're up in a tree, you can see it's just a stupid fucking squirrel messing around in the leaves. <laughs> you Which, know? Oh, let's not even get started on them bastards. <laughs> but have anyway. Have you seen that, that, uh, that video on Facebook of that, that fucking squirrel when he comes out with the leaf blower and says, hey, how yeah. you doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love that. Oh, it's about time for all them memes to come out. Yeah, dude. There's a couple out there right now that look pretty good. Yeah. So I would rather be in a tree stand, but with that being said, I mean, I'm kind of going against myself here, but me and my buddy Clint, we just built a hell of a box blind. I wasn't going to mention that, but yeah, you did. I mean, I, I hate hunting out of blinds. I mean, I do, but we just, we just erected a five by eight box blind, totally enclosed metal outside metal roof. I mean, this thing is insulated. Taj Mahal. You guys this you thing, went all out, bro. This thing is insulated to hell. I mean, <laughs> if it's snowing, you know, during gun week or if it gets it gets cold in November during the rut, it's windy. That's why I built this thing, just yeah. to stay warm. Mm-hmm. I remember last rut, man. It was that first Saturday I was able to hunt during the rut, and I got out there early morning. I was probably in my tree stand by 6 a.m., and it was so damn cold. <laughs> it was like eight degrees out there and i'm just i was just freezing i mean i don't care how warm you dressed uh when you're sitting still, if it's, it's eight uh, degrees and you're sitting still you're cold hell yeah you can't tell me any different no i mean your feet and your hands get cold it's over and if you're in a tree stand you can't have a buddy heater with you so yeah i want to get up in this box blind that we built it's fully insulated you're gonna put a fridge in there <laughs> no but I, by god i could take a cooler you know they have like these <laughs> so you know uh they have like these uh, portable like generator type deals that you can put up now. Like that'd be pretty pretty badass. Yeah, I mean, you've been hunting with me enough on Saturdays. You know, if I'm ha- hunting in a Saturday evening, I'm I'm more than likely going to go to a blind just so I can have a few beers while I'm hunting. Yeah, just don't just leave them laying on the ground. Just sit back and relax and grab a few beers and just <laughs> have a good time on your Saturday night hunt. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean that's. You know, that's a, a ground blind advantage for sure. You can go have a few frothy tops and just chill out. And It's one of my favorite things to observe. do in the fall. Yeah. So I got this new blind out. I got a few stands over there. The only thing that I'm worried about, it's actually on my wife's parents' farm. And the only thing I'm worried about this year, it's all corn surrounding me. So where my tree stands are, you know where they are. They're yeah. along the cornfield on the edge of the woods in the tree line. Yeah, it'd be difficult. I'm not, not, not going to be able to hunt. I'm not going to be able to hunt until the crops come off. So I placed my box blind on the other side of the woods in that, uh, 
I don't know. It's not really CRP, but the tall grass area, the yeah, pasture. Dude, you could put a killer food plot, food plot in there. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like, that is perfect. And that's that's where all the deer travel from. They come across from the road and they go right through that grass field where that box blind is. Yeah. So that's I'm going to be hunting that a lot early season because that's the only place I got to hunt besides up on the pond levee. So I'm going to be switching back and forth wherever I get a good buck on cam. That's where I'm going to be hunting at. Yeah, and ultimately, I mean, that's what you got to do. I mean, do you have cameras out right now? Yeah, I'm going to go check them Thursday before opening day. Opening day is Saturday. You guys probably won't hear this until the following Tuesday, but we're recording on September 22nd. Yeah, 22nd Tuesday, today, yeah. Tuesday, September 22nd, our opening season starts on Saturday. So I'm going to go check them on Thursday before season, see if I got anything. And if not, I'll probably just stay out. I mean, there's no reason to rush it. No, absolutely not. I think, you know, the only and, – and I'm kind of going against what we've done in years past, but this year for sure, like if this buck that I'm hunting is not showing up, I'm not going in there. Like I'm not because even though like there's a lot to be said. I went to a seminar – with Colton Wheeler one time. Colton's a really good bow hunter, good friend of ours. Top of the line. Yeah, he's good. He knows his stuff. But we went to this seminar, some bow hunting show up in Columbus, and uh, like Lee and Tiffany Lakoski were up there. They have this badass, you know, hunting show. It's probably the most successful hunting show there is. And the topic of discussion was pressure, like, you know, pressure in your deer and what it does to them. Well, their take on it was kind of unique like they spend a lot of time out on their property so they're always out there and he was saying like consistent pressure is almost better than none at all because they get so used to you now here's what i found out if you like you take a side by side up there to uh to you know put more corn out yeah okay don't turn it off leave it running leave it running there's a lot to be said about that so um I think, you know, I, I don't know really how I feel about it. Our, the deer on our farm are really used to seeing us out there. No, I agree. It's all open. Yeah. I mean, they're used to seeing us out there. Um, you know, we've, we've had several really mature, smart deer, you know, been and, around a, a long and I mean, time. you're also, you're also on a farm. Yeah. So the farmers, are, farmers out there are out there all the time. They're always, you know, like the, the farmers we got there this year, they're, they're bush. They just got done bush hogging for the third time. Farm looks really good. Um, but yeah, they're always out there doing something. Yeah, you know? so I mean, the deer are used to that. They're not running away when they're out there. So they're used to the noise. They're used to the company. No doubt. Let me ask you this. I already know the answer, but maybe maybe the listeners don't. Gun or bow, what do you like better? Oh, topic of discussion. That's, that's the one thing. So I love bow hunting. I know you do. I mean, I'm hell-bent on it, man. Like, I love it. Um but at the same time, like I want to put the most badass weapon in my hands, you know, when I'm when I'm hunting. You want animal. the advantage. Well, yeah, it's the advantage, and then also when it comes to like to like an ethical standpoint. Yeah, you know, and that's you hear all these guys, and I heard it the other day at work. I was talking to some buddies at work, and we were talking about deer hunting and stuff. And I told them I was like showing them some pictures of the bucks we got and everything, and they're like, "Oh man, you're cheating! You're hunting over a corn pile." What do you think? I mean, what's what's your? I know you use corn piles, but what's your take on that? Like people that that say that. What do you, what would you tell somebody is, that said that? Is it against the law? Absolutely not. In Ohio, it's perfectly legal to bait okay, deer. Okay, then I'm going to be hunting with a corn pile. Right. I mean, that's just that's just smart. Yeah, it's smart, and <laughs> you know, I mean, if if you want to be if you want to be that type of hunter and you want to go do it, you think that's have the, at it, man. You want to do it the right way. More power to you. 
I'm not going to sit here and say that's wrong or that's dumb. That's not dumb. If you want to do it that way, everybody's got their way of doing things. Yeah. So like my thing is the most, you know, the pictures that you get obviously gives you intel what's on the farm. Okay. So that's probably the best thing about a corn pile. Second best thing for me is the deer is usually standing still when you shoot. Okay. So that from like an ethics standpoint, people can say whatever they want, but if the thing's standing there with its head down eating corn broadside, that's the best shot you can get. Yeah. Okay. For you and the animal. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's it, it, clean kills, man. You know, it doesn't always happen that way, but you know, you're putting yourself in the best spot. Yeah. For sure. So you're saying I would rather I would rather hunt with a with a bow, with a vertical bow. Yeah. Uh this year it's gonna be different for me because I got a broken elbow. Hopefully, uh come November, you know, I can shoot my bow. Uh but I did just buy a crossbow. I don't know if I told you that. Did I tell you that? No, but it don't surprise me. <laughs> Did you get another KMAX? Nope. No. What'd you get this time? I don't know. I want I want you to guess. Excalibur. Nope. Well, I, well then um I got I got the new mission. Sub one XR. Okay. Did I say that right? Is Excalibur even a bow? Yeah, so I, th- that, I think it is. <laughs> yeah, so they're like the uh, uh their selling point is like uh indestructible bow. Like okay. It's recurve. It has no wheels on it, no cams. Gotcha. So, like, you can run them over with trucks and shit. Doesn't Cole have one of them? Cole shoots a KMX now. Did he have an Excalibur back Yeah, in he's the had day? one in the past. Okay, that's yeah. where I got that from. A lot of people shoot the Excaliburs. They're badass. All right. <clears throat> no, but um, I like Barnett. So, like I said, everybody's got their own opinion on bows. I mean, we could argue about um, bow brands all day that's long. So you're blue in the face. Yeah. I mean, and the reason I say Barnett is because that bow's sitting right behind you. I got out. I'm getting ready to grease her up, get her all ready to go. <laughs> Lube her up. Uh, I've had it for the last, I probably got it my first bow on my eight, eight or uh, the year I turned 18 for that Christmas. I got that bow. It was my first bow ever. Actually, it's not. That's wrong. I bought Cole's. It's my second one. But I've had that bow every bit of 10 years and I've not had an issue with it at all. I've killed deer with it perfectly fine yeah i mean it it don't shoot as hard as the new ones it's an old bow so it's only probably shooting 220 feet per second but that's plenty to kill a deer at 20 yards i bet it's shooting harder than that it might be but it don't shoot as hard as these new ones so what i'm saying as long as it's a good 20 25 yard shot i'll shoot it but like you said you want to you want to kill the deer ethically Try to. If it's past 30 yards i won't shoot with that bow because i know it's not a fast shooting bow Mm -hmm. that's just my rule so uh, how much time have you spent with these new crossbows that are out? Not not any at all. So you got uh, the the big thing now is like they have to be um, like the sub one is it stands for sub one inch group at a hundred yards. Okay, I can tell you, and like that raven, dude, that's a oh, bad yeah. bitch. One of our buddies, John, has a raven. Yeah, and the way he's been talking about it, even last season, I mean. The the new technology that these bows have is unreal. I know I know a couple guys actually that have, that have told me um, that they shot the, with that Raven crossbow. They've shot their deer sixty plus yards. Well, you remember when you first got that Camex three thirty? We went out to your old house and we opened up that back sliding glass and we set out a target about sixty yards and you was pelting it right in the right in the middle of the target. Yeah. I mean the technology in these things is whew, it's unreal. You know, if I shot that bow behind you at sixty yards, it wouldn't even make it there. It wouldn't. 
I mean, it, it definitely, yeah, take more time for sure. Yeah, you know I mean? But still, that's a, I mean, I feel like a lot of, and that's another debate that you hear all the time. Crossbow's not a, you know, it's not a, uh, it's not real bow hunting. Sure it is. Yeah, I, I say get off your high horse, man. That's what I yeah, say. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll get into me trying <laughs> to shoot a compound bow here in a minute, but I've tried both and I had no luck with a compound bow, so I've stuck strictly with the crossbow. Let's get let's get out of that. Let's get into some deer hunting stories that me and you've been been together for. Okay. How about that? That sounds like a good so idea. So let's let's hop right into me shooting a compound bow. <laughs> when when I first started hunting, Ricky here got me into it and I bought uh his brother's bear. Yeah, I don't even remember that. Yeah, I don't even remember it was, what model it was. I mean it wasn't it wasn't nothing special. It was just a beginner compound bow. It was a bear. I forget yeah. what it was. But anyhow, I, I could shoot it in the barn. I was, oh, yeah. I was hitting the bullseye left and right. Like, I thought I was good. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, like, it does make you feel good, like, when you're shooting the vertical bow. And, like, yeah, they are accurate. And it's like a it's a skill you got to hone in on, right? So you can't just take it out the first day, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I got good at this thing. And we said, well, well let's go hunting. <laughs> so, you know, the next weekend we went out, we went hunting. We sat in a double stand. We used to have an old double stand set up on the edge of the woods inside there. Probably the best spot we ever had. That's where I shot my buck off the property. Yeah. Right out of that double stand. But anyhow, we were we were sitting together and this doe came in. And, you know, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. If you see a deer while you're deer hunting, your heart starts pounding. Well, yeah. I don't care if it's a doe or not. No, and that, yeah, good point. So my heart starts pounding and he looks at me and goes, <laughs> hey. This is going to be your first kill with that compound bow. Get she up. was coming right stand, to us. Stand dude. up slowly when she gets behind that tree and pull back and you nail her. I said, all right. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I can relive this moment. So, so, so well. I stand up and I pull back that stupid compound bow and I let one rip and it goes straight into the tree. <laughs> okay, but let's back up. Okay, so you don't get all the glory here on this on this hunt. Okay. Oh, I know. I you, know. You end up winning. I was getting back to you. <laughs> okay. So I took the first shot. Did you? Yes. It wasn't me? No. Okay. So like when the deer, remember where we had the corn pile? Oh, I remember. Because we're getting that real big buck right there. Yeah, I thought I shot the first time. Which we got another story about that buck we probably need to talk about too. Oh, yeah. That was that same year. That was a hell of a year. Um, But yeah, she like jumped that fence and I'm like, oh shit. Like we told her, we usually tell each other like, because we hunted together like in the same stand for a long time. A lot, a lot. A lot of time spent together in the tree stand, but um, we usually say like, Hey man, like I'm going to shoot a doe tonight. Like if we don't have nothing, like it's a Saturday evening. Oh, does are definitely game on Saturdays all day long. Yeah. I like to eat deer meat. Yeah. I mean, but anyway, so she comes in, she hops the fence and it was a young deer, man. It wasn't, she wasn't, mm. <laughs> she, yeah, she wasn't big by any means. No, this is, we could have threw her over our shoulders and took her out of there. Don't you think? Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So you... So I, I I was like, man, I'm gonna show him. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna dust this bitch, right? <laughs> so I draw back and I settle the pin. I knew how far she was because it ranged the the corn pile like 150 times, 30 yards. Remember, like it was yesterday. And I shot and right underneath of her. And what did she do? She just like just <laughs> got closer to us. Like she, yeah. she didn't even run or nothing. It's like that was the dumbest she, deer. She's like, oh, what was that? So she just starts walking real slow. And, and like at us, like yeah, like right at us. And I had 
I had my bow up. He's like, I was like, all right, fuck it. He said, all right, fuck it. Roll, swing one at her. I said, all right, buddy. <laughs> so I rear back. I get this thing cocked. She's walking behind a tree. So I was just waiting for her to take one more step, and she was dead meat. So I let one fly, and what do you know? It goes straight into the tree. Like way up in this <laughs> yeah. tree. It's it still was, there. Hey, guys, when I say it went into the tree, it, <laughs> buried was, it. it was not even close to the deer. All right. It wasn't even close. All right. So that's the first funny thing that happened. Then what happened? And then you got, right? You got another. So she uh, she just continued to walk like nothing happened. I mean, it was loud as shit when yeah. you hit that tree. And like, she just like kind of like got closer to us. And I'm like, all right. Like, I'm on a, I was shooting a new broadhead. I was shooting those Grim Reapers. And I'm like, hey, if she comes back around here, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wax her ass. Sure enough, she did a circle and came right back to where she was. And I don't know how, I mean, she was like 20 yards. Yeah. And I, I put, I thought I put a good shot on her. Well, we thought. Yeah. So I thought I put a good, a really good shot on her. And like, so it was kind of like a theatrical moment. Like, like her, her legs went out from underneath of her and like she went straight down to the ground. I was yep. just trying to like, you know, get, get away. And, uh, we're like, oh, she's done. She's like, no, oh, she's yeah, no that was scooting, awesome, man. She's no scooting. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know. Next thing you know, well, we we waited a little bit. No, we, but that thing, she jumped up. Oh yeah, she that's started right. no scooting, and we thought she was done. But she went down right behind us. Then she got up, and she got up and just took off like a bat out of hell, like nothing happened to her. Yeah, like she wasn't even hurt. Yeah, like a pissed off hornet just, just right it. through the woods. And we're just like, what the hell? So, do you remember? Oh, I remember. We. Do you we, remember what happened yeah, when we were tracking we her? We started tracking her. Now, you guys might not believe this story, but this is- This is crazy. This is 100% the honest truth. Crazy. We started tracking this doe. It was dark. Just me and you. We had a blood trail through the middle of the woods. We started tracking her, and we lost the blood trail, but we heard something walking in the woods. So we're like, oh shit, we bumped her. We bumped her. Dark as hell. Darker than hell. All we had were these little headlamps. Yeah. And they weren't bright at all. So we're sitting there in the woods, and we hear this deer. It's no doubt a deer. Oh, no doubt. We thought we bumped the doe. It wasn't the doe. This thing kept getting closer and closer and closer to us, and we're like, holy shit, this thing. We're talking, I mean, to put it in perspective, like eight yards, ten yards. Yeah, maybe closer than that. Because he was walking down the path, and me and you were off the path. We were in the trees. There's a path mowed through the, the woods, and he was walking down that main path. And we were probably five okay. five to ten yards off the path. Yeah, it was just crazy. So we shut our lights off. Yeah, we, we didn't want to spook nothing. And, and there was just enough light mm-hmm. coming from the sun. Like, it was already down, but you know how you know there's still kind of like a blue sky? There was enough light coming through the woods where all we could see was this deer's rack. It it was uh it was diesel. It was diesel. No doubt about it. it. Like he was like and he just He wasn't scared. He wasn't scared at all. He like casually just kinda walked right by us and like if if it wasn't dark, <clears throat> excuse me, dude, it would have been game over. If we would have had a crossbow. I was You did sh- have I, your crossbow. No, I shot the compound bow. Oh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. But That's yeah, why it, we didn't shoot then. But anyhow, <laughs> that was one of the biggest deers killed around the farm ever. But we'll talk about him later. So anyway, 
that's my first compound bow story. I got off the compound bow, went straight to crossbow after that, sold the compound bow, been shooting crossbow ever since. So you heard my bad compound story. So Rick, on to you. Let's hear about some of the stories of you killing big deer on the farm. Okay. So um, last year, obviously, that, that buck was the biggest one that I've ever killed. Let's, let's start there. Okay. So uh, <clears throat> that deer, man, we had pictures of him for all year. Well, like three years in a row. Well, I, I mean, yeah, okay. we called him the big nine pointer. So he had nine points at that time. So the year that last year when he showed up, he had eight. And this thing, it was just like, it was the biggest frame deer <clears throat> that I've ever seen in my life. This thing was just like the pictures were unreal. I, I can remember when I sent you that first picture. And I was like, you're not gonna, you're not gonna believe the way this deer blew up and like how what he looks like. Yeah, that, I believe that was a nighttime picture, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, was, it was beautiful, huge, huge deer, clean eight pointer. But the best picture that we got was the week before you killed him, and it was just broad daylight. He was eating the corn. The the tall, five in the evening. The call the tall corn stalks were in the back, and that deer was just looking straight at the camera. And it thing was a freaking monster eight point. Yeah, I, I didn't know. Like, I just knew there was, he was no doubter. Like, and I'm not real picky. Like, if I think, like, for a buck for me, like, I think that you really have you really have to pay attention, and it's hard because like everybody can say, well, this deer's three or this deer's four, but we really don't know. There's nobody that's like a professional at it. Let's let's get real. But <clears throat> try to shoot a uh, a mature deer. That's the whole goal. Okay, because because if you don't, and you're taking these, you know, maybe you're taking a 140 inch great young buck that could be 160 or 165 next year. So I think that's super important uh, to to try and shoot a mature deer every year. So we got a little off topic there, but back to back to this buck. Okay, so that was a week before season yeah. uh, came in. You showed up at five in the evening. Mm, this is the week before you. Oh, okay. Okay, we're talking about a different picture. This is the week. The one I'm talking about is the, it was the week before you killed him. Yeah. And it was a beautiful picture. He was out in daylight. So you, you're <clears> like, <throat> I know I got to get in there and try to kill this deer. Yeah. So the morning that you killed that deer, I remember it was uh, the night before, he disappeared for a little while. Yeah. After that daylight picture, he disappeared for a minute. Yeah, so basically what the deer was doing, there's standing corn, and there's just a little waterway there that I was just hunting. But I was getting this deer, like, all the time right there at that spot. But he was always coming, I guess it would be, like, from the uh, from the west coming to the east, every single picture. I never got a single picture of this deer doing anything different, not one. So I was, like, super pumped. Well, the night before I shot him, the night before I shot him, he came from the opposite direction, like, from my house. Yeah. So I was like, it was like 10, in the, 10 at night. He's rutting. I was sitting there drinking beer in my bed, right? And I'm like, all right. It was November the 8th. And I'm like, I got to call off work. <laughs> so I did. I called off work. And uh, I'll never forget it, man. That was like one of the most epic mornings I've ever had. I wish you could have been there with me. But it was like that, like a mid-30s kind of morning. You know, it was hard, heavy frost. And the, it was a rut, man. I mean, these bucks were rutting hard. And like I said, this property is just like a big ditch. So 
it's a perfect route spot because they, they can they get down and then they chase them does to that ditch. Well, I had hung a stand 30 yards maybe just down in the ditch from where I was hunting them early season. And I only time I hunted it, I hunted it one time before then, and I seen I seen a bunch of does come through there, um, but never never him. So I was like, man, tomorrow tomorrow morning's the morning. I'm, I'm calling off work, so I called off work. I got down in there, and when you know it, I fucking didn't get up in time. Like honestly, I didn't get in the stand till like seven fifteen. Like it was it was daylight. Yeah, super late. It was daylight when I got in the tree. So I wasn't sitting there. I ain't shitting yet. I. 10, 15 minutes, I, I, you know, me, I'm a gear junkie, so, like, I had all my bow and my release and shit and all my cool gear and everything, right, and uh, I got it all hung up on the hooks, and I no sooner sat down, and I heard just this, it's the first time I've ever heard it, too, it's just like a burr, like, real deep, and I was like, that kind of sound like a, like a tree, you know, like, moving in the wind, and then I seen two does, I was like, oh, shit, like, that was a butt grunt, like, and he came down that like the steepest part of that ditch too. It was like straight up and down. Like these deer, these does busted out of this thicket, came straight down the, and they, they broke through the, uh, the ice. I could still remember the sound, like broke through that ice coming right at me. And he kind of went up on this ravine and that's the first look I got at him. I was like, there's no doubt it was him. Not because just how big he is, but he still had velvet on him. Like he left some velvet on that left side. So I knew it was him right away. So I, I mean, my heart was in my throat, bro. Like, my heart was in my throat. I was pumped, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm sitting there, and, like, he comes down this dry creek bed that's off to my left, and the deer's, like, 40 yards away at this at this moment. And I didn't have a shot. It was so thick in there. It's just a big, like I said, big hairy ditch, man. I mean, that's, that's all it is. And uh, so th- this doe was out in front of him, and he was looking away from me, and he was watching her, and I'm like, shit, like, she's going to like take off trotting out of the other side of the ditch. And like, I'm not going to have a shot. I said, but if he just takes off, like casually walking, there was an opening that I could get a shot. So I ranged that opening and he put his head down and he started walking. And I was like, all right, this is it. This is it. You got one shot, one opportunity. This, This is crunch time. Biggest deer in my life. And I'd been practicing a lot like a lot with my bow, like in the evening, shooting every night. So I was, it's the first year I went to a pin site, which we can talk about that later too. That's, that's a cool subject, but I went to a pin site. So a fixed pin site, 20, 30, 40, and 50 is what I had. I ranged the deer or the spot that I had ranged was 48 yards, 48 yards. That's a poke with a compound. Oh yeah. So it's a poke with any bow. Yeah. So like I had confidence, but, I was shaky as hell, and uh, he he was looking straight away from me, but I could see like like his ass and like the back of that one side of the rib cage and the flank area. So I'm like, if I can tuck this arrow, I shoot a 31 inch draw, so I have a super long arrow. I was like, if I can tuck this arrow in that flank, that's my only opportunity. So you know, I gave him the old meh. Can you do that? Yeah, Let me hear your meh. <laughs> Meh. Okay, it's pretty good. So I gave him the old the old stopper, and you know he he stopped and he kind of looked around, and I settled the pin and I shot, and I thought I heard like if you've shot a deer with an arrow, that sound that it sounds like you're hitting a pumpkin, man. 
It's that yep. sound. You know it. Yeah. Just like hollow, like. So I heard that sound. I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I didn't see where the arrow hit him. I really didn't. But I, I heard the sound and I was like, oh, like, I think I put a good shot on that deer. And I knew for, I knew, I just knew, like, if I tucked it in where I thought I did, like, that was a kill shot because it was going to come out somewhere up in the chest cavity. Right. So I, I didn't know. Like, the deer kind of walked off and kind of went just around the, the, the dry creek bed and I lost sight of him. And he just walked like real slowly. So I'm like, oh man, like did, my first thought was like, did I gut shoot him? Like that ain't good. You know, if you gut shoot a deer, especially a big deer during rut, that's full of adrenaline, like your chances of recovery pretty low. I mean, you may find him, but the farmer's probably gonna find him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Something like that. So I actually, uh, I waited like a half hour and I got down and where I looked, like I didn't know exactly where I shot him. <laughs> But the, the place that I looked, like, I didn't find any sign. I got down, I looked forever. I didn't find any sign, no arrow, nothing. I thought it was funny I couldn't find my arrow. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to get back up and stand. I missed, you know, I'm just going to get back up there and hunt. So I was up there hunting. It was probably, I don't know, at this point, probably like 9.30. And I had a really nice, really nice uh, nine-pointer come right underneath my stand. Thank God. Thank God I didn't shoot that deer because I was thinking about it. Yeah. I mean, I grabbed my bow and I was like, no, I'm not going to. Cause I know I heard that sound. So I let the deer go and I, I, I got down. I mean, I didn't wait very long after that deer filtered through, but I got down. I was like, man, I need to look harder. So I went over there and there was this log, a log, like a big ass tree that fell across this ditch. And he was standing the more. I got to think about it. The deer was standing a lot closer to that than what I originally thought. So like when you get down, and you're trying to look for blood and you're looking back up to where you shot and you're like, yeah, this is right where it should be. I was, I was off. I was off by like 15 yards. Like I wasn't close. So I got to looking around this log and dude, I, I seen a big puddle of blood and I was just like, oh fuck. Like, That's it. It's That's on. It. Now it's okay. Now so I started good. following it and like I started following it and mind you, I shot the deer about 745. Okay, and it's uh, going on 10 o'clock. So not really that long. Yeah. Realistically. So I, start, I started, uh, you know, looking for blood and, I, and, and I just following solid blood, man. This thing was, like, if you took a paintbrush and, like, dipped it in some red paint and just, like, painted the leaves, like, that's what it looked like. So I was, lo- I was feeling super confident at that point. That bright red, and that indicates liver yeah. with bubbles in it. So... Started falling, and I was I just got to thinking, I'm like, I need to back out. It hasn't been long enough. This is my biggest buck I ever shot. I need to back out, right? So I'm like, <sighs> I mean, after you shoot a deer, like, you're just, like, the adrenaline, when it comes through you, man, it's, it's badass. Like, it's just, it's kind of like uh, like for you when you're throwing down in high school, you know, you get that, like, the crowd's oh, yeah. cheering and shit. Like, 100%. I mean, and I also remember you sending me a text. Yeah, so I think you were the first person that I... Yeah, you, you said, hey, man, uh, I think I, I, arrowed, I arrowed the big eight, this and that. And, you know, I'm at work at this point, so I'm thinking, okay, do I need to do I need to leave and come? I mean, do you, do you have a good blood trail? He's like, yeah, I got a good blood trail, this and that. And I said, well, do you need me? He's like, no, I think, I think Cole's going to be on his way over. So I, I wanted to be there when you retrieved it. So I'm thinking, man... Do I need to leave? Do I need? Thank God we didn't. Yeah, Go on thank with God. your story. So I I went back to the barn 
and uh, put all my, got all my gear off and everything, and I was sitting there, and I made some phone calls and stuff. And actually, Cole, uh, he was working because he had just started working in the ag business, I think, at the time. And he couldn't get off work till a little bit later. So I called my cousin Scott, who's also an avid bow hunter. Like he's killed more big bucks than probably anybody I know. And uh, he came over. And so we went back down in there, started following the blood trail and everything, and found my arrow. Like we probably went another 20 yards from where I stopped and found my arrow laying in the blood trail, completely intact, completely covered in blood. So he's like, dude, you killed this buck. And at that point, I'm like, dude, if you could have been there, I mean, you know how jacked up I get. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like almost running following this blood trail. That's how good it was. So we probably went a good 125 yards trailing this deer. And uh, it's about 1130 at this time. And we come across our first bed and there's no deer in it. And the bed was fresh like it was still kind of warm so we my first thought was we bumped him yeah you bumped him for sure i mean we bumped him so at that point where my my heart's in my socks man i mean it's like it's time just, to back out yeah so we backed out and uh when was it that we went back that night yeah so we waited we like, took a group yeah, so we called in all the troops bro. we I mean we had we had troops man i i guarantee we had eight guys Doing yeah. like a grid search of that. Yes, yeah, so that's basically what we did. We we went, we went back, out. We went out at dark. Went out at dark. Uh, everybody with the lights um, gave the deer plenty of time at that point. Yeah, um, I mean, if he was bumped and he went back to bedding down, I mean, he had hours. Yeah, hours to expire. He, he probably had at least seven hours. Yeah, yeah, realistically. So we. Ne- long story short, we ran out of blood and never found the some bitch. Yes, long. I mean. Guys, we were out there for a good two hours that night. I'm mentally defeated. We started at 8 p.m. We didn't get back in until after 10. Collins, you know, he's heartbroken. He's defeated. And I'm all jacked up on bush light. And yeah, we was a little drunk, too. I was all jacked. <laughs> I, I carried a cooler with me, if you guys can imagine that. I had a six-pack and a cooler with me. I had a little cooler I was carrying with me. But I was, you know, I was in the mode. No, I'm going to find this fucking deer for this guy before I go home. Yeah, you were dead set on it. And the thing was, we lost the blood trail in their neighbor's backyard. So, you know, we had to knock on their door, let them know what we're doing. 10 o'clock at night. 10 o'clock at night. Sketchy situation. But the guy said, yeah, go for it, you know. Hope you find it. So we're, we're, we're in. We went from woods with, like, leaves and stuff where we're seeing blood. Then we go to a backyard, fresh cut grass. No leaves on the grass. I mean, you couldn't find anything. Well, it, it, the frost had set in because it's yeah. still cold. Yeah. So, like, you couldn't see the blood. You couldn't see anything. That's where we lost the trail. We're so, like, we, just, we just, we went back up to the house. We went back up to the garage. We started drinking beer. And then that's what me and you almost got in a fucking fist fight. Yeah. Yeah. That, <laughs> I think well, there's a lot of alcohol involved in that. So. Well, we almost got in a fight because I wanted to keep looking. And he told me I was an idiot. And then, yeah, you know how that went. So, anyway... I come over the next morning. We get to talking about this deer. And we're like, do we want to go look again? And he was like, we did a whole grid search over the whole freaking property. I said no. Yeah, he said no. And I'm like, I think we should. And you're like, if I go back out there, I'm calling somebody that's got a got a dog. Yeah, so uh, the night before, it was the night of the uh, Whitetails Unlimited Banquet yeah, I in got Fayette you. County. Yeah. 
So that night we'd actually remember you, we tried to call Trevor. Yeah. So he's got like his own little business, like his own Trevor Justice got his own little business. Uh, I think it's Turbo the Track Dog. Super cool, catchy name. That's pretty cool. Uh, but he's got this little dachshund man, and this thing's a bloodhound, right? Like it, it, it's a deer tracking machine. Oh man! So, I mean, we. I was. I mean, I'm honest. I'm on. I'm gonna be truthful here. I was skeptical. I'm like, man, if, if this is, if this is, if this dog can find this deer, oh my God, how happy are we gonna be? I'm like, I told Colin before he called him. I said, don't be disappointed if this dog, because I mean, you're paying big money for this dog to come in. Yeah, it was I, worth it to I, me. I, oh, I know. But I just said, I don't want you to be more disappointed. He's like, oh, I'm not going to be. This is our best chance. I said, let's do it. Yep. So we got uh, the dog. So we we called Trevor, and he's like, yeah, he he actually had a, a deer that he was tracking beforehand. Um, I forget where it was, New Vienna. So he's like, I'll be there later. So it was like noon before we got started. And everybody had left. It was just me and you. I was already just drinking beer. Yes. Yeah, so Typical had, Saturday. We had college football on. We was drinking some beer. Yeah. Drank some, some bush, some bush lights here. And uh, Trevor shows up and we went to this dude's backyard and started from where we stopped. And uh, I shit you not. Do we? It was just I shit crazy, you man. not. That little dog. That little shithead. Dog got son. on that blood trail quicker than shit. He got. He followed this trail down to the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, actually, no. This is what happened. He didn't have a blood trail. No, he was all over the place. So, yeah. So Trevor was like just walking him. He's like, I wonder if he went across the road. Yeah. So he took the docks into the road. Next thing you know, there was a freaking blood drop on the road that we didn't even see the night Dude, before. Dude, it was on the white the white yep. line. It was on the white line, and we never seen it. It was on the white line on the road, and we never seen it. Never did that. Docks and picked it you up know from why? there. Because Floyd's the only one that went over there. <laughs> I damn it, Floyd. <laughs> damn it, Floyd. But anyway, so we found a speck of blood on the white line. And uh, we went down in this in this ditch, man, in this creek. And me and Clay are looking at the creek because her, de- her deer is going to go to the creek. No deer. And then, lo and behold, one of the dudes said, uh, hey, the dude that was with Trevor, I think it was his brother, he said, I got good blood right here. And then he brought that dog up there, and that little son of a bitch took off. Took off running. Thought we lost him. And he's like, oh, shit, I've never seen him take off like that. And then he came back to us, and the dog had white hair on its face. And, dude, that was badass. And he took us right to him. The dachshund took us right to him. The dachshund. And when we found that deer. Turbo, the dog tracker. When we found that deer. I'm going to tell you what. The amount of joy that I seen that day between you and your son it's unmatched. Oh, God, that was such a good day. It was unmatched. I'm still sharing the pictures today. Well, <laughs> I'm still thinking about it because I'm the one who had to fucking carry that fucker out of there. Me and yeah. you. That son of a bitch was so heavy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're just tracking through the cold water in that creek. And it I mean, was fucking cold. It was a mess. But to this day, it'll always be worth it, and it'll always be a memory for me and you. What'd that deer score? Eight point. Uh, clean eight point. No, I mean, absolutely clean eight point. 168 inches was 25 and some inches wide. So stud. You guys will see a picture whenever uh, we post the podcast. Moving on. That's the longest story we're going to tell because that's the best deer story we got for you. But we got a little short. We got a few short ones here for you. Let's talk about the time that we had a 192 inch deer on the, on the farm. Just, just real short. How long did we uh, have this deer? How many times? Two years. Two, yeah, two years in a row. Okay. And the first year, 
he had like stickers everywhere big old drop yeah big old big old drop like this thing was like he was out of this world everybody in the area knew about that deer i mean he was well known there's a lot of hunters around great hunters i mean heck i mean then the radius of us there's probably uh people there's probably 20 hunters yeah so everybody had pictures of this deer and like i had a ton like this deer was living on the farm i was seeing him out in the bean fields like it was it was gonna happen right oh i mean yeah i mean they were i mean i think this was like opening weekend or maybe a few weeks after you guys had him what 70 yards across the pond yeah so that was the first year we filmed ollie was filming me that night yep and uh yeah, he came up on the on the food plot, and dude, I had my bow in my hand. He was seventy yards, and uh, just needed him to close the gap. But he ended up going out and around the pond. So, actually, we had him three years <laughs> because the first year we had him on camera. Me and Colin were sitting in a blind. Got to go to this. Story. We were sitting in a blind, <clears throat> and for some reason, Jack Wadden didn't didn't bring his bow that night. So I had my crossbow. And we're just sitting there. I mean, it was we just put this blind up out of just random. Like we just thought, hey, that looks like a good spot. Let's just put it there. Popped her right up. We popped her right up. And then, I mean, it was getting dark. I mean, it was still kind of it was still kind of early. It was probably like seven p.m. And the time hadn't changed yet. And we just heard something. We heard the leaves crunching. Well, I mean, man. my God, he wasn't just crunching. He was coming. He wasn't running though. <laughs> nope. But we knew it was Not a deer. Yet. That wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't running yet. So. <laughs> We get, I mean, if you're in a blind, you can barely see out the sides. And then you, you I looked around. And I looked at Colin. And I said, holy shit, it's a buck. It's yeah, a buck. Uh, yeah, dude, you were like, yeah. Colin. He said, Colin, it's a buck. It's a buck. I can see him right now. It's a buck. It's a buck. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. I'm like, you're like, he's like, all right, all right. Start getting your bow up. Get your start bow getting up. your bow up. So. so I get my bow up. And this guy's coming. Like this he's, son of a bitch steps out. He's coming quick. I mean, he comes right around in front of our, right in front of our damn. It's probably 12 yards. It was 12 yard shot. This, I mean, it was diesel. The first year we had him, he was probably a 160s buck that year. But just a stud. Yeah, I mean, he was, he was big. I mean, he ended up getting killed at 192, and this is two years prior. So, I mean, he was just a big deer. And he walked right in front. He was, he wasn't walking fast. And I don't care if you, I'll take this to the grave with me. He wasn't walking fast. And with a freaking crossbow, I wasn't even going to try to stop him. I was just going to plant one right in his side. And lo and behold, I got up, got my scope up, and this this son of a bitch over here goes, <laughs> man, man. No, it was not. Yes, it was. It was the worst man I've ever heard in my life. So I think what happened there was that I thought I forgot. Like, I was so pumped up for you. Like, I wanted you to kill this deer. And you could say whatever the hell you I want. I don't think you wanted me to kill him. Bullshit. I think you wanted to kill him. I call bullshit on that. But anyway, I was so pumped up. Like, I just wanted that deer to stop, and you just fucking axe his ass. I didn't need him to stop. So I, I was a little loud, and I only met once. Yeah, you met once, but by damn, it was an extra large. Me, <laughs> Extra large. <laughs> but anyway, that's the story about Diesel. He ran. We had a shot at him when he was, I mean, the first year we had him. We scared him off, whatever happened there. And then Rick had him. Two years in a row, finally never really got a shot on him. He ended up going across the road and getting killed by one of our friends across the road. Scored yeah. 192 inches. Yeah, great deer. He killed it with his son in there with him, and I'm sure that was just an awesome experience. And um, even though like we didn't kill the deer, still good just stories. Good story. Good man. stories. Good story. Also, 
I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. This is going to be real quick. Sure. The first time I ever went hunting with you. Oh, I shit. Just got, we just got my hunting license, and it was the first time. It was a Saturday during gun season. I've never been hunting before. Yeah. And these guys are taking shotguns out. What'd you give me? <laughs> I could. This story could be long, but or we'll keep it short. Just, just keep it short. Um, so, Clay, I mean, everybody knows you, but. He wasn't your like prototypical like bow hunter like hunter at all. No, not a, this is when I first I just got my license. You didn't know dick about it, and I said I wanted to try to go hunting. Yeah, so I'm like, he, he, it was the day of the high state Michigan game. Yeah, so we were at mom and dad's, you know, hanging out and drinking and stuff, and uh, <laughs> he's like, hey, I really want to go hunting with you guys. So I gave you, <laughs> I hooked you up, dude. I hooked you up. You can't, I mean, I did. You hooked me up. You gave me a 1976 single shot 20 gauge. <laughs> Fucking bead sight on it. <laughs> they said, they said, well, we'll just give roll this because we know he ain't going to shoot nothing with this. So we put, we, and the funniest thing was, I mean, he was orange head to toes. He had the orange toboggan on, uh, long sleeve, like that neoprene old school zip up jacket. It was a full orange suit i look like i just broke out of prison yeah jumpsuit man and uh i set you up like in a spot that you weren't gonna see shit nothing so you guys went to all the good spots we like, to we're, just good gonna leave, spots. we're just gonna leave roll up on this hill we're nothing around him <laughs> so we're uh the hunt's about over i mean it's it's not dark yet but it's it's to the point where we're starting to round up everybody there's like four or five of us out there and then you um we were driving across the field yep you guys all got in a truck and you all of a sudden you were I'm coming in, to get me i was com- coming to get clay all of a sudden, we see this gun flash, and then boom, boom, boom. And I was like, "Holy shit! Did he shoot himself? <laughs> like, what the fuck is he shooting at? Like, we, were, we now, weren't very I far mind from you, you. I mind you, not. It wasn't dark yet. It was still no, shooting. It wasn't light. dark. There was plenty. Yeah, probably like forty-five minutes left. Mm, it was I'm pretty say about five, about five, five minutes? minutes left. Oh yeah, I mean, it was it was getting there, but whatever. So. <laughs> Oh, I remember it, man. We pulled up, and, like this motherfucker's jumping and shit. I'm and, dancing. Like, we were. He actually screamed. Yeah, and we could hear you screaming. So, like, we realistically thought something bad happened, and like, I was really concerned. But we got over there, and like, my dad was freaking out. Remember, he was freaking out because he was like, "We should have never he's brought Mr. him." Like gun safety. We should have never brought him. Which you should have gun safety, but he's like anal about it, and. uh we pull up there and he's like, I just shot a doe, shot her right in the fucking neck. <laughs> I was like, you shot her in the neck? That's all I could see. And he said, yeah, she's laying right there. Dropped her ass. <laughs> so you shot this deer and it's not dead yet. But I did shoot her in the neck. Yeah, you dropped her. I paralyzed her. But, yeah. you know, we're not going to talk about nah. what happened after that. But Yeah, my dad cut my hand with a knife. You remember yeah, that? Yeah. But <laughs> that day, the, the party we had after that. Epic was epic. I'll never forget it. It was Rolski's first deer kill party, and it was <laughs> badass. Yeah, it was so much fun. So that, that's just the stuff that hunting does for you. You know, all the good memories that we have, man. We have so many that uh, I can't wait. You know, I don't know if Cash is going to be able to go this year, but I can't wait for us to go spend time in the woods with him. Like he's he he loves deer hunting already. So it's gonna be yeah, uh, no. make some some more good memories. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Um, one last story. I'm gonna make this real short and sweet. This is my biggest buck kill. So I, like I said earlier, I've got two stands on a cornfield. It's gun week. I got my gun. 
I'm just seeing a bunch of dough. That's it. So I said, hell with it. I'm going to take off on a walk. Walked across the field, up around the woods. And where my box blind is, I told you guys about earlier, where it is at now is where I shot this deer. And I had this buck on camera a few weeks prior, but he's been missing for a while. He's been missing for a week or two. And I roll up there, and I get my binoculars out, and I see him down in the pasture. I'm like, oh, shit, there he is. There he is. That's him. <laughs> so, I mean, I kid you not, this is an open field, yeah. just grass pasture. And I literally had to start army crawling. I felt like I was, you know, a Marine or something. I was just <laughs> army crawling with my uh, 44 Magnum Ruger rifle in the back of my back, nice sling. I'm crawling through these through this grass i mean it's tall grass so he can't see me but honestly he probably should have seen me i got underneath i crawled underneath a uh, electric fence crawled into the field about 20 yards and i put a prayer shot i mean i've only got a 44 magnum and i'm only you know i'm only i'm comfortable shooting it about 80 to 100 yards yeah just for a nice ethical shot and this deer was right at it. I mean, he was probably at like, I think I ranged him at like 92 yards. And I said, man, I, and I kid you not, I don't have a stand or nothing to set this gun on. This, so you're free handing. I'm free handing. Yeah, that's tough. So I said, I'm putting a prayer shot. I'm going to hop up out of this army stance. <laughs> I'm going to put my elbow on my knee and I'm going to send a prayer at him. Next thing you know, I jump up. I put it, he looks straight at me. I pop one. I see him do the kick. You know the kick when they get hit? They hit throw them in the back. heart, they kick. They throw them back legs up. Yep. He did like a little drag and then jumped the barbed wire fence into the woods. I knew I hit him because he did the kick and he got his stomach caught on the fence. Usually deer are able to jump fence like no problem. Right. He had hair on the fence. So I call my buddies. They all gather up. We go down there. No blood, no nothing. But we see the hair on the fence and that's our first sign like, hey, man. Yeah. He's hurt. Yeah, for sure. So we have to go. I kid you not. We walked in them woods about 15 yards. I grid searched until we found blood. Specs, man. Found. That's the thing about a gun. Mm-hmm. That's, and it doesn't especially happen every time. Especially a rifle. Yeah. So it's like such a blunt trauma. Like Yeah, there's there's hardly any blood with these rifles, man. I'm telling you. it's Yeah, it's kind of tough. We was just specking it. Ended up finding the deer. You know, we got him out of there. It was, it was, a, it was a process. Do you want to talk about the process a little bit? No, I mean it was it was it was a clean kill. We drug him out of there. It was a one thirties buck, one of the biggest bucks of my life. I mean, like I said, it was a process to get this deer out of these woods. It was so thick. I mean, <laughs> it was a process. <laughs> so anyhow, sure. that's that's I mean, an army crawling, free shooting a deer at ninety yards. I mean, seventy five to ninety yards. I mean, anyway, it's I mean, I felt like I was a great shot, and I might have got lucky, but you know what? Luck was on my side that night. Let's talk about this just real quick. So where we live, we live Southern Ohio. Yep. It is probably, I I would put it up against any state, anywhere. prime time. These people travel from out of state and they pay big, big money to hunt in Ohio. Yeah. And we're lucky enough to live here. Ohio deer hunting is prime. Like the, the, the size of the deer, uncomparable to anywhere else. Maybe like Iowa and Kansas maybe. But we're right there with them, man. We got some studs, especially... Ross County, Ohio. Oh, Ross County is one of the biggest known. I mean, some of the biggest deer come out of here. Oh my god! Every year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just giants. So 
super thankful to have, you know, live where we live. Yeah, where we live. It just, you know, makes it that much more worthwhile. 100%. And before we go, one last one last thing I'm going to talk about is one of my favorite parts of the year. Usually comes in the first week of December, gun week. I just told you a story about my gun week, but we also have um, our buddies have like a deer camp. Yeah. We do deer drives. Cook food, man. Cook it's, food. I mean, it's... It's awesome. And this year was a little different because... They legalized the 350 legend, the round, the round. It's basically, yeah. it can be an AR round. Yeah, that's so, I was thinking about that when I was coming over here and I like, kind of think about what we were going to talk about tonight and like. <laughs> the, the things that change over the years. The changes that have been made. And realistically, when you're talking about a slug gun and the straight wall cartridge rifle, like there's a, there's a couple like, I guess, advantages to that, but it should have been legal a long time ago. Yeah, I mean. I've been ever since they legalized the straight wall cartridge. I've been using a forty-four Magnum. Yeah, nice Ruger rifle, nice Nikon scope on it. I mean, it's a thousand-dollar gun, but now that they legalize these three fifty legends, yeah. I mean, they're wicked, man. I mean, they are wicked, and you can get them. Like you can get those little uh, Ruger makes one. Yep, Ruger Ruger makes one. A lot of guys have it. It's like what four hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, it's not expensive at all. I recommend using a three fifty Legend. I put a doe down last year. It was the only deer I shot. I waited till the last day of gun season, and I shot a doe because I just wanted to see how the three fifty Legend would perform. Big doe. And I tell you what, it freaking performed. I shot it. No, give or take. I shot this deer at thirty yards, but I tell you what, she didn't go another ten. It yeah. dropped her like a bad freaking habit. Yeah. And I'm sure if you, I mean, if you shot a doe at, with any gun at 30 yards, she's not going to go far. But I'm telling you, this 350 Legend The just, proof's out there, though. I mean, there's videos all over the place. All over the place. Look it up on YouTube. I recommend the 350 Legend cartridge. I'm going to recommend one thing for the listeners and then for you, too. You like deer hunting. Yeah. You love deer hunting now. But you have got the best... The absolute best form of hunting there is is turkey hunting, man. Never been. Give it a try. Go with somebody that knows what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm not going to take you. But I've been hunting for like turkeys for like five years now. Dude, bar none. Best, best freaking hunting ever. All right. So we'll have to go. All right. We're going to end on that note. Ricky, I appreciate you coming over, man. The first Rolski exclusive. We've been talking about doing the Hun podcast ever since we started this thing. Yeah, I was excited about it. I'm glad we could finally get her done. Appreciate telling stories. Can't wait for this season to start. Hopefully, me, you, your son, all Got of our some bucks. good bucks, man. Hopefully, we can all make some more memories this year. Yeah. This is just the beginning of the Tuesday podcast. Hopefully, there'll be many more to come. I think this one went well. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Sip and Serve Pod and follow us on Facebook. If you guys have any R-rated questions, send them in to us. I'll be glad to answer them on here. I know you dirty-minded fuckers have been waiting (laughs) on this podcast, so send them in. Also, the Sip and Serve hotline is always open, 740-720-3537. I'd love to hear from you. This wasn't really an R-rated podcast, but this is something that we had to do. We got a big deer season coming up, so hopefully you guys enjoyed Listening to me and Rick talk about deer season. Good luck to all you Ohio hunters this weekend. Twisted Tuesday is a wrap. I'm Rolski. Stay hot, stay safe, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Sip and Serve Podcast. Yeah.